the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another episode of Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There has never been a better time to invest in precious metals. So what are you waiting for? Go to LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. We appreciate their sponsorship. And a little bit later, I'll give you their phone number and some more details on how you can learn about Legacy Precious Metals. In the meantime, today is a day when a lot of different kinds of news is hitting. And I've picked out three stories to go quickly through. One is a Wall Street Journal report on how Americans are losing faith in the military. Heck, we've lost faith in everything else. I guess why not the military, right? How Joe Biden's student loan forgiveness plan has hit another obstacle. And then we'll finish up with a little bit on LeBron James and Jerry Jones. That's all coming up next. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity with your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. All right, let's start with this Wall Street Journal editorial, and the title of it is Americans Are Losing Trust in the Military. And the, the research was done, I think, by the it's an, the Reagan Institute. So the Ronald Reagan Institute, they do an annual survey of political attitudes. Okay? So let me give you a little bit of the article before I tell you why I think we might be losing some faith. The current era is marked by fading trust in U.S. institutions. Yes, we've talked about that a lot. But confidence in one pillar has held up the military. But now, even that is eroding. And the question is whether the brass will get the message. The Reagan Institute releases an annual survey of public attitudes on national defense, and this year, only 48% reported having, quote, a great deal of confidence in the U.S. military in results first detailed here. That's down from 70% in 2018 and within the margin of error of last year's 45%. So 45% last year, 48% of Americans this year have the high, a great deal of confidence in the U.S. military. So now it was a lot higher back in 2018. So I guess you start having to ask the question, why? What is going on? This is consistent with other surveys, continues the Wall Street Journal. Pew Research this year noted a 14-point drop since 2020 in Americans who said they had great a great deal of confidence in the military to act in the public's interest. Because, see, remember, it is the public that pays for the military. We are citizens. We vote. We pay the bills. 
The money doesn't come from nowhere, although sometimes the government just prints it, and that really doesn't do very much for us at all in the positive. The Reagan poll asked Americans what is driving the decline. It isn't the ability to carry out missions or win in a fight. It is, quote, things going on outside the core competencies of the military, says Reagan's Roger Zakim. Call it politicization, call it wokeness, but that's where you can connect the dots. Wokeness. Some 62% said military leadership becoming overly politicized reduced their confidence, some or a great deal. That includes trust in civilians who give the orders. Americans offered some of the worst ratings for decisions made by presidents, and the U.S. retreat from Afghanistan comes to mind. Now, the woke practices undermining military effectiveness. Some 52% also had reduced confidence in uh, uninformed officers, half-sided so-called woke practices. Now, we've done this for you before, but we're going to do it again. And Keith is producing today, sitting in for John Berg. So, Keith, without further ado, let's play this uh, surreal video from the U.S. Navy about pronouns. Go ahead, hit it. Hi, my name is Johnny, and I use he, him pronouns. Hi, and I am Kanchi, and I use she, her pronouns. And we're here to talk about pronouns. What is a pronoun? A pronoun is how we identify ourselves apart from our name, and it's also how people refer to us in conversations. Using the right pronouns is a really simple way to affirm someone's identity. It is a signal of acceptance and respect. If it's a signal of acceptance and respect, how do we go about creating a safe space for everybody? That's a good question. A really good way to do that is to use inclusive language. Instead of saying something like, hey guys, you can say, hey everyone, or hey team. Yeah, and now that you say that, another way that we could show that we're allies and that we accept everybody is to maybe include our pronouns in our emails or, like we just did, introduce ourselves using our pronouns. But what would I do if I uh, misgender someone? I think the first thing to recognize is that it's not the end of the world. You correct yourself and move on or you accept the correction and move on. The most important thing I can tell you is do not put the burden of making you feel good about your mistake on the person that you just misgendered. Oh, thank you for telling me that. Yeah, and another tip uh, for you to remember the oh, uh, okay. pronoun next time. I can't take any more. You mind. can go ahead and fade I'm that out, Keith. This is what I think people are responding to. The U.S. Navy, the United States Navy, took the time and the money to create this video about pronouns. I don't know. I'm left speechless, and I've talked to other uh, veterans who are left speechless by that. I mean, what is... Do you think in China, in Russia, in the countries of our adversaries, they're looking at that and saying, boy, that's making the U.S. military stronger? And I'm sorry if this sounds uninclusive, but really, your pronouns don't make one bit of difference when you're in battle or in any kind of military a activity. That's the last place for a safe space. I, I am continually baffled by this stuff because it's just so unimportant in the scheme of things. 
And you can say, well, why, why are you so bothered by a little video? It tells you where the priorities are going in the military, or at least which direction they're trending. That's not the only thing. Let's get back to this Wall Street Journal piece. Uh, General Mark Milley's speech to Congress last year that he wanted to understand, quote, white rage in response to reasonable inquiries about whether cadets at West Point should be learning critical race theory was a lapse in judgment. Many Americans think the military is no longer an institution that runs on excellence, merit, and individual submission to a larger cause. You think? If you're so worried about getting misgendered, that's more important to you or as important to you than the larger cause? What are we doing? The Pentagon, I'm continuing from the Wall Street Journal, the Pentagon denies this is a problem, but it surely is if half the public believes it. The military relies on young Americans to sign up amid many other career opportunities. Fewer are doing so. Americans on the left have their own reasons for declining confidence in the military. 46% cited right-wing extremism, even though this scourge has been widely overstated. This drop in confidence comes at an ominous moment, as the public seems to know. Some 75% in the Reagan survey viewed China as an enemy, up from 55% in 2018. And the percentage of those worried about Russia has doubled. Some 70% are concerned China might invade Taiwan within five years, and 61% support increasing the U.S. military's Pacific footprint. Again, this is written by the Wall Street Journal editorial board. So there's not a specific byline, but it goes on to conclude this way. The good news is, is that these trends can be reversed as they were in the years after Vietnam. As GOP rep Mike Gallagher put it to us, the poll is helpful in narrowing, quote, what our failures are. And it isn't the rank and file or even the equipment. Quote, Ukraine has been one long advertisement for American weapon systems, but, quote, it seems to be the leadership. Americans want their military to focus on preventing or winning the next war, not on serving the latest political fashion. Couldn't have said that last line better myself. So let's hope we make the corrections. (laughs) Let's hope we make the corrections. Speaking of corrections, Another correction I'd like to see made is I'd like Joe Biden to understand the president to understand that he can't just give kids money to pay off their loans. First of all, if you want to forgive student loans, why would you give the money directly to the students? Why wouldn't you give it toward their the loans, you know, pay off the loans like either to the school or the banking institution where they have the loans? Because now a bunch of these students are saying, oh, this is great. I'm going to use this money to travel. I'm going to go dine out more, party, drink, whatever it is. First of all, not everyone in America goes to college or graduate school. So why are all Americans being asked to foot the bill? Because that's what this is. Whenever a tax, whenever government money is used, every one of us is footing the bill through taxation. Okay, there's a budget It's all of our money that pays for the budget. You add to that budget, you add to what people are taxed, or you're diverting the money from something else that might be more important to them. So what Joe Biden has decided, because again, this wasn't legislation, this was an executive order, an emergency order, because we're in a COVID emergency, but at the same time, he said COVID is over. So I I don't really know 
where we stand. <laughs> he said it was over, but he still wants the emergency powers to forgive student loan debt. And this is to people making under 125000 So they're making six figures. And he's forgiving their loans. Meanwhile, the plumbers, mechanics, teachers out there can't get a break. And they're expected to be supportive of paying for lawyers and doctors and MBAs or whatever. Damn. And what about the rest of us who paid off our loans by ourselves? Because when we signed the document that said this is a loan and you will pay it back, we took that seriously. And we paid back every dime. I did. I went to grad school and I paid back every dime. And I know a lot of people who did. So let's update you on what's going on. Because we had one appeals court say, sorry, this this can't happen. We're putting a stay on this. You can't start paying these back. Well, um, here's a story from the Washington Post. The decision by the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Sixth Circuit arrives weeks after U.S. District Judge Mark U.S. District Judge Mark T. Pittman in Texas declared Biden's policy unlawful, effectively shutting down the program to cancel up to twenty thousand dollars in federal student debt for more than forty million Americans. So this latest decision upholds Pittman's order while the court considers the merits of the administration's appeal. The court indicated it would expedite the matter. Wednesday's ruling is the latest legal setback for Biden, who is contending with an injunction in a separate lawsuit involving six Republican-led states seeking to overturn the president's program. The Biden administration has asked the Supreme Court to intervene in that case before the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Eighth Circuit and reinstate the program. In its filing to the Supreme Court, the Justice Department said, if the Fifth Circuit denies a stay, the government intends to seek relief from this court. The Biden administration has said more than half of borrowers eligible had applied for forgiveness before the program was halted, and the Education Department approved some 16 million applications. The department recently told borrowers that the administration will discharge the debt if and when it prevails in court. Now, many have said, oh, no, the confusion of it all. We're confusing these poor students. You're confusing a lot of people with this decision, Mr. President, and your administration by saying that those of us that either paid back our college debts on our own or who never even had college debt and you're asking us all to pay for others' college debt, it's insane. It's wrong. Everyone knows it's morally wrong. Of course people want to take advantage of it. But it's wrong. It's flat out wrong, and I think everyone knows that. I hope this program never sees the light of day because it's unfair to so many people. And it only makes colleges and universities realize, hey, we can keep charging this money because the government will pay it back. Let's raise tuition. Not a good look. Not a place we want to be. All right. Speaking of money, let's talk legacy precious metals. I always open the show by saying there's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. And that's because we're in an economic situation in this country that is really not great. Now, in the last 24 hours, we saw the stock market boom. It's likely to not boom, maybe bust today. We don't know. It's been really volatile. And when you see that volatility, you just get nervous. You don't want to open your 401k. You don't want to look at your retirement package because you know it's going to be just devastating to look at. 
On the one hand, I want to tell you to just hang in there, ride out the storm. And on the other hand, I want to tell you or suggest to you that you get in touch with Legacy Precious Metals. They've got a website, LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. And they've also got a phone number that I'm going to give you in a minute. See, gold prices are rising. As investors turn to gold for protection against a weakening dollar, it provides a hedge against inflation. It does things for you that the stock market can't. And so it's the only company I trust for investing in gold and silver legacy. You can call them. Just pick up the phone. Talk to one of their IRA specialists or experts at Legacy Precious Metals. Here's the number, 866-528-1903, 866-528-1903. Ask the questions. How little do you start with? How much can you start with? What does it mean for your other investments, etc.? They will answer your questions. You can also download their free investor's guide at LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. All right, I want to finish today with a story that is you might say on the one hand, sports centric. You might say on the one, on another hand, it is a social story, a social justice story, perhaps a story about racism in America. But I saw this today and I had a, a, a reaction because I think sometimes LeBron James chooses the wrong battles. And I respect him as an athlete and I respect his good intentions about the school that he started and a lot of the social awareness he likes to discuss on his extremely powerful platform. He's got a gazillion followers on every level all over the world. So with that comes some responsibility. Now, there's been a Kyrie Irving story in the news lately about Kyrie uh, supporting a film that sort of denies the Holocaust and it's a largely considered anti-Semitic. And so Kyrie has been considered anti-Semitic and you all know the story, or at least have probably heard it. Well, because that's an ongoing story and it's very newsy, LeBron James has been asked about it. He's the face of the NBA, right? Kyrie's another face. There are a handful of them, but LeBron's got to be one of the biggest representatives and symbols of the NBA today. So I want to play you a little bit from this press conference that he held here. I think this was last night. And then I'll give you the visceral, not visceral, but the very the strong reaction I had to it. All right, let's roll that sound, Keith. Uh, I got one question for you guys before you guys leave. I was thinking when I was on my way over here, I was wondering why I haven't gotten a question from you guys about the Jerry Jones photo. But when the Kyrie thing was going on, you guys were quick to ask us questions about that. Okay. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I don't even want you guys to say nothing. When I watched Kyrie talk and he says, I know who I am, but I want to keep the same energy when we're talking about my people and the things that we've been through. And that Jerry Jones photo is one of those moments that our people, black people, have been through in America. And I feel like as a black man, as a black athlete, as someone with power and a platform, when we do something wrong, 
or, or something that people don't agree with. It's on every single tabloid, every single news coverage. It's on the bottom ticker. It's asked about every single day. But it seems like to me that the whole Jerry Jones situation photo, and I know it was years and years ago, and we all make mistakes. I get it. But it seemed like it's just been buried under, like, oh, it happened. Okay, we just, we just move on. And I was just kind of disappointed that I haven't received that question from you guys. Appreciate it. Okay. So the first thing is, this is whataboutism. In other words, you want to ask me about Kyrie, what about Jerry Jones? And that picture from 65 years ago when Jerry was a 14-year-old high schooler. It's, it's not a flattering photo for Jerry Jones. There were bullies at his high school that were trying to prevent black students from walking onto campus. And you can see Jerry Jones in the photo. Jerry Jones has addressed it twice in the past. So this isn't a news story anymore. He addressed it in 2010. So it's not particularly newsy. Now, maybe some people are just seeing the photograph for the first time, but maybe you're just seeing some other photographs for the first time that go back even further in history, or maybe 20 years ago or 50 years ago. This is a 65-year-old photo. I'm not defending Jerry Jones. What I'm suggesting here is that, first of all, Jerry Jones is an NFL owner, and LeBron plays in the NBA. So to say, why haven't you asked me about this NFL owner and a 65-year-old photo? And yet you will ask me about Kyrie Irving, who plays in my league, and the story is current and appropriate to be talking about in, in this moment. And then the other part that I wish LeBron had thought more about was he said, I don't even want you to answer me to the reporters, to the press there. He said, I don't, I, I, he wanted to make a statement. That's fine. But if you're curious as to why you've been asked about one and not the other, maybe sh you should let the people in the press explain it to you or better yet say, okay, LeBron, what do you think about the Jerry Jones photo? But he didn't allow for that. He made his statement and he moved on. And he was, he said, yeah, I was thinking about it on my way over here. So this was, he was thinking about that. He wanted to make this statement going into this press conference. And clearly this was at the end of a post-game press conference. It appears a post-game press conference. And he makes this comparison. You want to ask me about Kyrie, but you don't want to ask me about Jerry Jones. And again, while I'm not defending Jerry Jones, and I, I don't know what was in his 14-year-old head or his heart when he was standing on that high school campus. We only get to assume or imagine. He has addressed it twice in the past. I know one of the times he sort of called himself a mischievous knucklehead who really shouldn't have been there. Okay. So, I, I, you know, then everyone goes and examines Jerry Jones' record. He hasn't hired a black head coach in all the time he's been with the Dallas Cowboys. All the things you want to say about Jerry Jones, you can say. That's fine. I'm just not sure what it has to do with the Kyrie Irving situation. 
and why LeBron. So LeBron says, I'm a powerful athlete with a powerful pedestal or platform rather. Why don't you ask me this question? Well, I mean, it's just sort of arbitrary. But that's just me being intellectual, trying to be intellectually honest about this. Again, you're comparing a 65-year-old photo of a 14-year-old kid at a peak time during the civil rights movement showing up in this group. We don't know if he said anything. We don't know if he moved his muscles. We don't know what he did. We know that in that moment, he was in that group. We don't know what was in his head. We don't know what was in his heart. We can make assumptions all we want. Jones has talked about it twice. Like I went back to one of the, I think it was the 2010 remarks he made. And again, said he was mischievous at the wrong place, shouldn't have been there, etc. Everything you'd kind of expect after 50 years of retrospection, right? But that's an NFL owner. And LeBron, you're a player in the NBA. And one of your colleagues has done something that's been pretty earth shattering. And so you've been asked about it. And I just don't see the comparison. And that's just me trying to be honest about it. He asked the question. I'm suggesting an answer that we didn't think to ask you about an NFL owner because you don't play in the NFL. We're thinking of asking you about one of your colleagues who has presented himself in a, in a not so flattering light in the last couple of weeks, not 65 years ago. So with all due respect to LeBron James, and he is due respect, um, I just don't see the whataboutism working here. It just, Comparison just doesn't seem right to me. And that's what I'm going to say about that. And with that, thanks for listening to another episode of Sideline Sanity. Be brave, do good, and we'll see you next time. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.